everyone. Welcome to Christ Community Church Online. Thanks for joining us this weekend. I'm Adam. And I'm Ray, and we're so excited to be hosting today's service. First, if you're watching this during our online weekend service, be sure to use our chat feature to say a quick hello to our hosts and just let us know that you're here. That's right, because Ray and I are in front of the camera. We also have people behind the scenes, and they're there to chat with you during the service. You can use the chat feature, which is a great tool to connect and engage with others who are viewing the service with you. Now, we want to warn you that we have quite a few announcements today, so bear with us, hang tight. We promise they won't last too long. First and foremost, Pastor Daryl will be kicking off a brand new series today called Grace Under Pressure. This will run through mid-November, and we'll be exploring some major themes from 1 Peter throughout the series. It's going to be a great series, and we're excited for it. It's also the first weekend of the month, and you know what that means, communion. So take a few minutes, run to the kitchen, grab your supplies, uh, or some variation thereof, and Daryl will lead us in a moment of communion at the end of the sermon today. 
Third, we'll be having a town hall meeting immediately following the very end of the service today. We'll be talking about some of our vision casting and elder nomination info. So if you're interested and like to hear more about that, we invite you to stick around for a few minutes after the service ends and join us. Lastly, we have a discipleship class that focuses on the Gospel of John, and it starts this weekend. That's right. It's a class taught by our good friend Larry Schmidt, and it's held every Sunday morning, October 4th, uh, starting at 1010 in room 200. We also have it online and Zoom, so we can have 16 people in the course live, and we can have a number of others, actually an unlimited number, on Zoom. And don't worry, the materials for this class allow for anybody to drop in, meaning you can come to any session and you won't feel like you're left behind or missing any important information. So if you want to sign up, just go to the events page on our website and you'll find the link to register for the class right there. As we get ready to worship, we invite you to take this opportunity. Just stand to your feet and be ready to worship our King. That's right. Let's put our hands together and lift our voices in praise to the Lord. Glorify, glorify the 
Welcome back. And for those of you just tuning in now, I'm Adam. And I'm Ray. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Part of Christ Community's DNA is sending and supporting missions around the world to live out our mission of restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we would love to have you join with us in that and worship through giving. We invite you to take this opportunity to click the give link on your screen. And we are grateful for your generosity. So are the people who receive the benefit from that. If you're new to joining us, thank you for tuning in to our online church experience today. We are thrilled that you're here and welcome you to our church. We invite you to take this moment to fill out an online connection card. It's a great way to help us get connected to you and you to Christ Community Church. Click the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post, or you can click the request prayer button and one of our service hosts would be happy to get you connected that way as well. And we're continuing to pray for you each and every day, and we would love to join with you in lifting up your specific needs and praises. We can be confident that God hears us when we bring our request before him. If you would like prayer at any time during this service, our hosts are available on the streaming service through the request prayer feature. There are many opportunities to receive prayer throughout the week as well. You can check these out in the prayer section of our website. Thanks again for tuning in to Christ Community Church Online. Now, here's the message from Daryl. Grace under pressure. The measure of a man in storms and bad weather The ability to see clearly as a fire grows hotter, only to act as a faith purifier. And much like a diamond buried deep in the earth, it is the pressure that we face that reveals our faith's worth. So when your strength begins to fail you, there is grace for your need. He is waiting, open-handed, and His grace is free. Grace under pressure. Hey, Christ community. Happy fall. Happy October. Happy weekend. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Um, Thanks for being part of our online church. I'm really excited about this new series that we're starting. I want to begin with a story Max Lucado tells in his book, In the Eye of the Storm. It's a story about Chippy the parakeet. Chippy never saw it coming. One second, he was peacefully perched in his cage, and the next, he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The problem began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage. All of a sudden, her phone rang, and she turned to pick it up. She barely said hello when Chippy got sucked in. The bird owner gasped, put her phone down, turned off the vacuum, and opened the bag, There was Chippy, still alive but stunned. Since the bird was covered with dust and soot, she grabbed him and raced to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, and held Chippy under the running water. Then, realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer and blasted the pet with hot air. (laughs) Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, a newspaper reporter had initially written about the event, contacted Chippy's owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, she said, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. Sucked in, 
washed up, blown over. So if you feel like chippy, um, you're not alone. And if you're doing more sitting and staring than you are singing these days, you're not alone. And if you would like to find or strengthen the song that your heart was created to sing, um, you're in the right place. Over these next several weeks, we are in a series that we're calling Grace Under Pressure. And we're looking at a letter in the Bible that we know is 1 Peter, which was written for people who are, to use Max Lucado's words, sucked in, washed up, and blown over. And what we're going to find in this letter is that God wants to minister grace to us, and he wants to help us be ministers of grace to the people who are around us. So let me show you first the prayer that begins this letter. It's my prayer for us, and I think it would be really cool if this became your prayer for our church and our community as well. It's just a few words at the end of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. The apostle writes this to the people reading his letter. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Marie and I were processing that together this week, and we just... The idea of in these days, if grace and peace could be ours in abundance, I mean, sign us up. You know, where do we have to go and what do we have to do to receive this, especially if we could live in this sucked in, washed up, blown over circumstances that, that we're all living in these days and at the same time have grace and peace in abundance? We're just a great big yes for that. And the good news for all of us today is that grace and peace really can be ours in abundance. So I've been reading through this letter of 1 Peter preparing for this series. I've also run across other words, words like hope, joy, endurance, blessing, love. And all of these things are available to us regardless of our circumstances. So over these next several weeks, each week, we're going to talk about something that God offers to us something that he wants to give us, something that he's done for us, maybe a habit that he's empowering us to form or to rekindle. Each week we're gonna be talking about something that God offers to us that will minister grace and peace to us in abundance and will allow us to be ministers of his grace to the people who are around us. So I wanna start this week, I wanna show you from the Bible how the pressures that we're experiencing in this season, I want to show you kind of how, how they fit in the context and also in, in the timeline of what God has for his people. So today what I want to do is talk with you about what God has done for us in the past. I want to show you what he is doing for us in the present in light of what we're experiencing and also the future that he is offering to us. And then we're going to end our time together by taking communion. And that will be a way for us to really say yes to the things that God is offering us in the commitments that he's calling us to make. So let me give you the main verse for this week. And this is really just kind of a summary statement for this first week. Um, it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. The scripture says to us that in all of this, and we'll talk about what this is in just a moment. But in all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So I want you to notice these words, grief, suffer, trials. Now, we're talking about the real thing. We're not, these aren't just like little mosquito bite kind of 
things that are swirling around us and, and maybe a little bit of uncomfortable for us. These are, these are real sufferings, real trials, real griefs, real tragedies. The first people who read this letter, they were enduring all sorts of difficulties because of their faith in Jesus. They were socially ostracized. They were cast out by friends and family. They were, they were mocked. Um, they, were, they were distanced. They were, even some of them faced physical persecution because of their faith in Jesus. And while that is more uncommon for us than it is common, this letter still ministers God's grace to people who are in difficult circumstances, who are going through difficult things, who are, who are suffering, who are under trial, and who are experiencing grief. And we have the same opportunity to greatly rejoice, as the verse says. We have the same opportunity to greatly rejoice in the face of suffering and trials as this first group of Christian people who read this letter did. So, so for perspective and also context on the, the suffering and the pressures that you and I are facing in these days, let me talk first with you about what God has done for us in the past. This comes out of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Peter writes these words. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. In his great mercy what God has done for you and for me. It's in his great mercy, what he's done for us. This is, this is a gift that God has given to us. It's not anything that you or I have, we haven't deserved it. We haven't earned it. Mercy is giving somebody something that they don't deserve. When they deserve something bad, giving them something good in return. In his great mercy, what God has done for us, and this is past tense, he's already done this. This is something that's happened in eternity past. He's given us a new birth. Jesus talked about this in the gospel of John chapter three. It's recorded for us. He had this conversation with the guy and told him, you must be born again. And he was talking to him, you gotta be born the first time into physical life. And then there's a second birth that comes, a new birth, a, a born again into a spiritual life. And so what Peter is honoring God for and reminding his suffering readers of is that they have received a gift of spiritual life. What God has done or he is willing to do for you is to give you this gift of being born again, of, of having spiritual life. And as you're born again, you're being born spiritually, you're born into two things. The first thing he tells us that you're born into is that you're born into a living hope through Jesus's resurrection from the dead. And what I really am encouraged by this is because we're born into, because God has let us be spiritually born into a living hope, we're, we're never without hope. There's never a hopeless circumstance. There's never, there's never a situation where we can't or don't have hope because we've been born into this living hope through Jesus's resurrection from the dead. So you may be watching me today feeling like there's no hope, feeling like you don't have any hope, feeling like there's nothing future or forward for you. And maybe you've been saying that to yourself. 
Maybe somebody else has been saying that to you. Maybe that's just a thought that's been swirling around in your head, but that is not true. Because of this new birth that God has given to us, because of this living hope through Jesus' resurrection from the dead, you and I are never without hope. I was thinking about watching sports. Um, those of you who watch sports, have you, ever, have you ever turned off a game because there was no hope? Like it just, the game wasn't over, but the game was over. Probably talking to you Vikings fans at this point. You know what it feels like. Like there's that moment of this is just done. There's no hope. It's over. And so we turn the game off. And if you've experienced that just in that little, that little arena there of sports that don't really matter all that much, in the areas of your life that are really important, you're never without hope. It, it may feel like things are over. It may feel like there's not a chance. You may be hearing that or saying that to yourself, but that's not true. Because we have hope through Jesus's resurrection from the dead, as long as Jesus is alive, you and I have hope. And because he conquered death in his resurrection, he's always alive. And so this living hope, which we have been born into, and think about that. You were born into a family. You were born into a certain set of circumstances. You were born into a way of life with your physical birth, all those different things. But your spiritual birth, one of the things that's true is that you've been born into a living hope and there's never a circumstance where you are without it because Jesus has been raised from the dead. You don't have to manufacture this hope. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to create it for yourself. You've just been born into it. And it's a gift that God has given to you as you have experienced this new birth. The second thing that you're born into or reborn into is a lasting inheritance or an eternal inheritance. Peter writes these words, he says, it's, a, it's an inheritance that cannot spoil, perish, or fade. And this is great news. Your heavenly father has already given you an inheritance. You have an eternal possession that he is keeping in heaven for you. And so you've got this inheritance that is like your name is already on it. And this is something that God did for you in eternity past. And I don't understand how all of that works, but in eternity past, he saw you and he knew you and he put your name on this eternal inheritance that he wants to give to you. And this new birth that you've experienced, this rebirth that you've experienced, you're born into this eternal inheritance that God is protecting and guarding for you. And I'll leave it to you to chase that out on your own at different points to try to put all that together of what that eternal inheritance is. But can I just tell you this? God has a future plan for you. This is not all there is. This is not as good as it's gonna get. This, God has a future plan for you. You have a future and you have a hope because you have been born into a living hope and an eternal inheritance. And those who say yes to, like your heavenly father has done this for you. He's just, he said, I am your father, you are my child, and I have an inheritance for you. And those who say yes to his declaration, we live with this eternal hope. And so in the face of whatever pressure you're experiencing today as you're listening to me, you can, re, you can greatly rejoice because of what God has already done for you. He's shown you mercy He's caused you to be born again into an eternal hope. He's given you as a present and future possession an everlasting inheritance. And so that's something he's already done for you. 
Now let's talk about what he is doing. So that's the past. Let's talk about the presence. And this is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, talking about this inheritance that's kept in heaven for you. For you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And then our verse for today, in all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. So I see two things that are happening here in the present moment. The first is that through faith, we are being shielded by God's power. Now, and so in, in the face of all this pressure and all the stuff that's going on inside of us, from outside of us, we're being shielded through faith. We're being shielded by God's power. So I was thinking about what that that might look like. I've watched a number of war movies. Maybe some of you have too. In, in the war movies I've watched, there's always it's a very similar scene. The good guys are under attack and there's all kinds of chaos and noise from bombs and bullets and there's dirt flying and they're hunkered down and they're safe. They're being shielded by, maybe they're in a building or they're in a foxhole, but they're safe and they're waiting for rescue to come. They're safe and shielded but inevitably, there's a guy, one of the good guys, who loses confidence in his shelter, who loses confidence in the shield that he has, and he runs from that building or that foxhole out into trying to create a safe space or trying to create distance for himself, and it never goes well. He loses confidence in that thing which shields him. So what Peter is writing to us and telling us that we have by our faith, we are being, we stay in the shelter that God provides for us. And so as long as we stay in the shelter that he provides for us, we are being shielded by his power from the suffering and from the trials and from the pressures and from the difficulties that are present in our present day and in our culture. And so if we keep our faith in him, we stay in the shelter he provides. He's, he's shielding us. Now, the second thing that we see that's going on in the present is we are, he writes, for a little while, suffering grief in all kinds of trials. So to me, being, you're being shielded by God's power. And at the same time, we are suffering for a little while the trials and griefs that we're enduring. To me, I've struggled. How do I put those two things together? Because there's this great statement and promise here that by faith, I'm being shielded by God's power. And at the same time, I am, I am suffering and having to endure difficulties. How does all that go together? And so the next, the next verse answers that question for us, why we're experiencing suffering. And here it is, verse seven, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse seven. These, and he's talking about these for a little while, trials, have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And so this is what God has for us in the future. These short-term trials will result in long-term good and glory. So when our daughter was in high school, um, she was on the cross-country team, and they would run a 5K for their meets. It's 3.1 miles. And it was over courses that had hills and switchbacks, and the 
courses were put together and they were really designed to test the runner's strength, endurance, and speed. And so her team, the varsity team, the junior varsity team before each of the meets would circle up in a big circle together and they would have a prayer, which I thought was really cool for our local public high school for those girls to gather up and those who wanted to have a prayer. And then they would all gather together. They would come in and they put their hands in at the starting line for the race and they would, they would huddle up and then they would break that huddle by, with, they would just yell or chant, short suffer. And what they were acknowledging in that moment was that they had in front of them between 18 and 28 minutes, depending on their speed running that 5K. They had between 18 and 28 minutes of suffering. And then they had the finish line. And at that finish line was the knowledge that they had, that they had given it all for their team. It was the knowledge that like they would have, they'd run their course. That, that finish line, there was, the, there was the cheering of the spectators, there was the cheering and the congratulations of their teammates. And that one little phrase of short suffer, they were reminding themselves and saying to each other that what we're gonna go through in the next little bit is gonna be totally worth it for us. So the best answer that I can give you from the Bible about our suffering is that the finish line will be totally worth it. It's that, it's that little phrase, short suffer. The hard stuff in this life is for this life only. If you look at these verses and kind of what Peter seems to be doing here, he's, he's really contrasting the eternality of what God has given to us and what he is doing for us compared to the very temporal nature of the grief and the trials and the hardships that we suffer today. And so the hard stuff is for this life only. The words of the scripture, it's for a little while. And that little while, that could be 70 or 80 years. It could be a person's entire life here on earth, but it isn't forever. It's not forever. It's just for a little while in comparison with the length of eternity. And these trials, they can only touch the things that are connected to this life. That's that idea of being shielded by God's power. He'll let these trials touch the things that are connected to this life, but they can't touch the things that are connected to eternity. What things that God has given to you and to me, like he is keeping and protecting and guarding that eternal inheritance. The struggles and the suffering and the pain that you're experiencing now, they don't touch that eternal inheritance. The hard stuff and this is the other thing about that hard stuff. It can't touch the stuff of eternity and it will only magnify the glory and the honor and the praise that will come when Jesus is revealed. I love those words from verse seven that your faith will result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And it will magnify not just the glory and honor he receives because you've been a person who's held onto your faith and leaned into your faith during this suffering it will also magnify the well done that he gives to you as you enter into his kingdom. As you, cross, as you cross into from this life into that next life, your faith is going to bring glory and honor and praise to him. And he's gonna speak his words of well done to and over you. And they're gonna resonate with you for all of eternity. And so what I would say to all of us in the face of pressure today what awaits us at the finish line is going to be more than worth it. So I wanna lead us into a time of communion. 
Um, in this time of communion, we are going to we're going to focus on what Jesus has done for us and what he is doing for us and what he will do for us. And I want to read for you these last two verses of this little section that we're looking at today. And it's my hope that as I read these verses, your, your heart is just going to sing yes to this that these are, these are words that we would aspire to, but they're words that we're just gonna say of us in this moment, yes, these are very true of me. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse eight, to struggling, suffering people who are hanging in there, who are resting on and leaning on what God has done for them in Jesus and trusting him to shield them and looking forward to that inheritance, he says, Though you have not seen Jesus Christ, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so communion today is about looking back at what God has done for us in Jesus, about this new birth that we have received, about this about this inheritance that he offers to us. It's about looking forward to that finish line. And it's about saying yes to this protection, this shielding that he wants to give us in the purifying of our faith so that, so that his praise, honor, and glory are magnified and we hear well done to him. And so if you have your communion supplies there, if you take them out, take your bread my communion supplies won't come apart, so hopefully yours are doing better than mine. If you take the piece of bread, Jesus gave us this ceremony and he gave it to us so that we remember what he has done for us. The first ceremony, he took a piece of bread and he broke it and he told his followers, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. His, his body broken on the cross that purchases our forgiveness of sins, that, that purchases that inheritance for us that God put our name on. It's his body broken on the cross. He gave it for us. So let's eat this in remembrance of him. And then he took a cup, it's a cup of juice, a cup of wine, and he told his followers, this cup is my blood, which is poured out for you. And then he said something interesting to them. He said, I won't do this again until I do it with you. I do it with you anew in the kingdom of God. And so while there's much about this communion ceremony that looks back on what Jesus has done, there's also an element of looking forward in anticipation, participating in that inheritance that is being kept for us when we are face to face with him in eternity. So this cup is Jesus's blood, which is poured out for us for the forgiveness of our sins to give us a hope and a future. So drink this in remembrance of him. I'd like to pray for us. And I have some questions and for reflection and discussion for you. So let's pray together. Father, I'm asking for my friends that are watching today that grace and peace would be 
theirs in abundance. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for giving us eternal life. Lord Jesus, we trust you. In the face of whatever we're struggling with, suffering under, we trust you. And so we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, let me give you a few things just to think about, ponder, have a discussion with whoever you're with as you're watching these things to wrap up our time together. My first question for you, these are a little serious because these are serious times. The first one is, do you tend to see your trials and sufferings as for a little while or do they feel bigger and more permanent to you than that? Second, what is your experience with God's mercy? and this gift of being reborn into a living hope and a lasting inheritance. Is that something you've already received or something you still need to ask for and receive from the Lord? Third thing, this is a little exercise, and this might be a good exercise for those of you who are really struggling. Um, Finish this sentence. It's taken straight from verse three. Praise or blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because he has. One of the great ways that we can receive joy and experience joy even in difficult circumstances is by offering gratitude and prayer, or gratitude and praise to the Lord because of what he has done for us. So finish that sentence there um, for yourself. And then number four, who has ministered grace to you? Grace and peace is ours in abundance. I'm wondering if there's someone in your life who has been a minister of God's grace to you, if his grace has just flowed out of their life into your life, and how did they do that? And then to take that one step forward, and then how might you minister grace to someone else this week? Because it's my prayer for you, for all of us, that grace and peace be ours in abundance, that God's grace flows into our lives, and we get to be ministers of grace to the people that we have relationship with. So thank you guys for being with us today. May God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today. If you have any needs or you're aware of any needs in our church or in the community, please reach out to us. We want to help. You can either contact the church office or you can go to the service opportunity tool on our website. That's right. And we'll work with you to figure out how CCC can help. Now, before you head out, we just wanted to remind you that we have a quick town hall meeting today. We invite you to stick around and listen to what they have to say. So without further ado, here's Jared and Aaron with our town hall today. I'm Aaron Lapine. And I'm Jared Andring. And we're two of the elders here at Christ Community Church. We just wanted to take a couple minutes to update you on what we've been working on. In addition to reviewing and setting policies for the church, um, we've been spending a fair amount of time just vision casting. So um, for the most part, the way that we set a vision for the church is through things called ministry outcomes, which are just a set of guiding statements that Daryl and the staff use to sort of, you know, direct the ministries and programs that the church um, organizes and coordinates. Um, For the most part, the ministry outcomes that that we've put in place reflect the values of Christ's community, which you can find on our website. Um, We've added explicit um, ministry outcomes related to prayer and uh, issues of justice. So you've probably seen evidence of both of those um, going on recently in the church. Um, You know, the 24 hours of prayer, the recent sermon series. Um, As it relates to justice in particular, you've probably seen evidence of the ways that we're partnering really intentionally intentionally with 
community-based nonprofits and ministries um, that are that are doing great work um, uh, to to make right to make wrong things right and to show compassion in the name of Jesus. Um, specifically, you know, we've been in support of um, kind of uh, reauthorizing and moving things around in the budget to um, actually. Um, give this year more than $100,000 to those causes, and we're really excited about that. Um, but we wanted to go even farther, and we want to do even more. So we're already thinking about the budget for next year, and we just ask you to join us in prayer um, and planning and thinking about how you can join in this effort to really impact our community um, in a really special way. We would like to also just uh, thank the staff again for all the hard work, the dedication they put in, um, because of their flexibility and because of all the things they've done, we have been able to maintain both an in-person and an online service. Uh, and we've actually been able to open up a lot of our ministries this fall as well. So we definitely want to thank you again for that. Uh, we also want to thank the congregation for the giving. Uh, like Aaron mentioned, uh, we've been able to help those in need around Rochester. Uh, we pray that you continue to support um, support us as a church so we can support those in need. Um, to be on budget in a global pandemic is amazing. Uh, we are very, very pleasantly surprised. Um, we also pray for unity as a church. Um, the world around us is a crazy place right now. We're more divided than ever. Uh, we just pray and we ask that we stay united. God calls us to be united as one. So we just hope and pray that we continue to do that. One of the other things that we are working on, uh, starting in October, uh, Daryl's first evaluation is coming up. So that involves a self-assessment from him, a 360 review with some of the staff members, uh, as well as a review from the board. So speaking of the board. Wow, it's already time to start thinking about what people are gonna join us in long meetings. So, if, uh, which means it's time for nominating uh, members of the board. So for more on that, we're gonna send it to a couple uh, folks on the nominating committee, uh, Hannah and Margo. Hey Christ community, I'm Margo Matson, And I'm Hannah Saunders, and we're members of the 2020 Elder Nominating Committee with an update on our committee progress over the last couple of months. This year, Jeremy Bolster, Adam Braze, and Ray Perry will complete a term as elders. We sincerely appreciate their service to Christ Community Church. In 2021, there will be three open elder positions. For a quick bit of context, an elder serves a three-year term on the board, but has the ability to serve for two terms total, or six years, before rotating off. All three elders whose positions are open have served one term, or three years, so technically all three are eligible to be elders for another three years. As the committee prayerfully considers the qualifications of the position, the amount of quality candidates, and how to best serve the church with both transparency and a strong representation of our church body, we're asking for your input on possible candidates. New elders will be elected at the annual meeting in January. Eldership is an important ministry and we'd like to encourage men to prayerfully consider this calling. The nominating committee will also bring forward names for the 2021 nominating committee. This group of people will play an important role in choosing future leaders for our church. This is a one-year commitment and a majority of the work takes place in the last couple of months of the year. Yeah, that's right. So with that, we are now opening the nomination process to our church family. Please let us know if you know of someone who would 
be a great consideration for eldership. To submit names to the nominating committee for elder candidates or next year's nominating committee, please send an email to nominations at cccrochester.org. And on behalf of the nominating committee, thanks for your input and look for more email updates on the nominating committee status in the weeks and months to come. Thank you so much for sticking around after service and have a great rest of your day. See ya.